did I get a really a really badly abridged summary of it? Uh, of like the whole show? <laughs> Not the entire show, but like the la- the finale. Oh. Like the last two episodes. Yeah, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Knock yourself out. Disclaimer. We do not own or claim ownership of the Pokemon franchise and any Pokemon established in official canon. That's all owned by Nintendo, Game Freak, and Creatures. This is just a podcast made by four friends who love Pokemon. It's our love letter to a franchise most of us grew up with. So please go support the official release. Last time, costume change! We went down the hole! We met a big guy! We fought! There's a giant crystal now! Oh my god, his daughter! We died! But did we? No! We left! We lived! Somehow! I don't know! Bye! (laughs) (laughs) You just summed up so many sessions in a span of ten seconds. I'm keeping that in. That's gonna be the opening for season two. Yes! Hello, everybody. Welcome to season two <laughs> of PKMN Legacy. We made it to season two. I know. How the hell we made it this far? I have no clue. It's been like, what, like three years? Wasn't it earlier in 20? Did we start in 2019? Maybe recording it, but we didn't start ep- releasing episodes until January 2000. 2000- right. 2021? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was 2020 because we spent... Okay, so it must have been that. So at least two or three years ago. Yeah. Jesus. Wow, that's that's some chunk of time we're never getting back then. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, welcome to season two. Oh, and full disclosure, I'm not real. This, what you're hearing right now is recorded after we record this episode because I recorded on my desktop's internal mic instead of the mic I'm supposed to record on. So my audio could have sounded like this. Hello, welcome to season two of PKMN Legacy. How the hell we stayed this long, I don't know. And that could have been the mic quality you were stuck with for the next episode or two. But instead, I went back, re-recorded my audio, which is roughly two hours worth of voiceover. So, yeah, that's a thing. Anyway, back to the actual episode where they can actually respond to me now. Uh, one big change that we're making right now for season two. Uh, before in season one, we used a mismatch of systems that I homebrewed together. A bit of uh, Fate Accelerated, a bit of uh, some other stuff. Throwing that all in the dumpster now, we found a system called Pokeroll, and we've made a switch to that. Yeah. So this is going to be the first official main campaign session we'll be using it for, learning all about it. We did a one-shot with it. I got a lot of that stuff wrong. Oh. A lot of the rules are wrong. I didn't know it that well, but after having translated everything from season one to season two, I think I know it a little bit better. That's fine. We'll figure it out together. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and if you three have any questions about how the rules work while we're playing, uh, in the journal tab for Roll20, I included a couple how-to little pages there. Little oh, cheat wow. sheets. Oh, that, oh, I, oh, I love this. Oh, I yeah. love this. No, this is great. because oh, I'm going to use this a lot. This will help out I a lot. I have such a hard time remembering the rules sometimes. This is great. It has been roughly a day since you left for the rally. It's not until early, early morning before the sun even rises before you return to Maycoon Town. Maddie, I'm pretty sure you're unconscious at this point. Yes. Chris... Your Pokemon were pretty much wiped out, and you suffered some battle damage as well. Mm-hmm. Velma, for some reason, you had not suffered a single hit. You or your Pokemon. <laughs> How the fuck does that happen? Seriously, it, it baffles me. Did I just forget about you the whole fight? She truly is protagonist Coon. <laughs> no, I'm antagonist Coon. Very well. Antagonist Coon with very strong plot armor. <laughs> Which one of you three do should we pick up first with... Probably not me, because I'm out. I'll go. Okay. Velma, when you and the others returned to shore, you were met by a group of police. Oh. The authorities escorted those who needed immediate medical care, like Maddie, to the Pokemon Center to be treated, along with their Pokemon. Uh, I believe Chris was also uh, taken to the uh, Pokemon Center for treatment. But you, 
seeing as you had not suffered any damage, uh, you were escorted to a mobile command center posted just outside of the Little Melee Melee Motel. And we open up once again with you in an interrogation room sitting at a table. The door swings open and... Ah, great. Oh my god. (laughs) (sighs) We really need to stop meeting like this. Captain Levi, the same disgruntled police guy who uh, who caught you at the airport in Port Gala, takes a seat opposite of you at the table, puts his mug of coffee down. Don't worry, young Miss Piale. You're not in any legal trouble right now. This is merely a means of getting an accurate report of what happened at this cultist event. Yes, it was like an initiation ceremony rally type thing. Right. I've already received accounts from a few others involved in this event, a young Miss Gray included, but I would appreciate your own account. So if you'd be so kind, let's start from the beginning. (sighs) Fine. So, do you want me to just give out like a whole lay down of what happened? It is entirely up to you how much information that you disclose to Levi. So yeah, it's up to you. Well, if you must, I understand why you'd want my perspective on everything. What ended up happening is, after our brilliant plan of disguising myself as one of the Pokemon and sneaking our way in, after being purposely thrown into one of their jail cells, we came across this one fisherman guy, uh, what's his name? Yes, Captain Charles Moody. I've already received his account as well. Please continue. After we brilliantly escaped, I met up back again with Maddie and Chris, who, of course, I was there to save. It was then that we ended up getting roped into this big ceremony thing they were holding. (sighs) What is that guy's name? Poco, Ippo, uh, big guy, lots of tattoos. Anyways, he was like the boss of the whole thing. And of course, he cowered in fear of me as I brilliantly showed up, shedding my disguise. And of course, everyone was in awe of me. It was then that I ended up challenging one of their minions. And I was just about to beat him too, when all of a sudden someone who I think is Chris's daughter ended up showing up. And then things got crazy from there. Right, so let's have you roll... Cool plus perform. And for those listening at home, hi. In this system, when you're rolling dice, you mix and match your attributes and skills to roll from a pool of six-sided dice. So Velma is rolling her social attribute, cool, with her perform skill, giving her a pool of two dice to roll from. If a die lands on a one, two, or three, that is a failure. If a die lands on a four, five, or six, that's a success. So she's not trying to roll the highest number... She's trying to score as many successes as possible. All right. And just regular roll, right? Uh, yeah, cool plus perform. Oh. Okay, so she rolled from a pool of two <laughs> dice, and she only got one success. Great success. So you're telling me these cultists were dumb enough to buy that you were some sort of horribly deformed Pokemon? I mean, I already looked the part. I mean, come on. Look, you see this? You see this? Like, you sure you can buy this? Come on. Come on, you know. No, Miss Piale, I can't. I'm also having a hard time believing that this... He looks at his notes. Uh, this Oto, this ten-foot-plus tall Goliath of a criminal and leader of a ruthless cult, cowered in fear of a little girl. Listen, it's not about the height. It's about the charisma you put behind it. And it's Vladimir, by the way. I will not dirty my mouth with that foul name. It is a symbol of evil and hate and does not deserve my respect. Sounds like you know. What I do know is that your actions do not live up to your preferred namesake. Your story, as sensationalized as it is, falls in line with the other accounts I've been provided. You and your friends facing this villainous cult could be viewed as, dare I say, heroic. I suppose I should be thanking you for that. Yeah, I suppose you should. I mean, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Carol. But make no mistake. Should you prove this bout of heroism was a fluke, should you devolve to your baser villainous tendencies and live up to that name, you will answer to me. Do we have an accord, Miss Piale? Crystal clear. Good. 
Now, I have other reports to file, other investigations to supervise. If there is nothing else, you are free to go. Thank you. Chris, you are at the Pokemon Center. Uh, you're injuries have been treated and your Pokemon need to be nursed back to full health but the main priority for them right now for Nurse Joy and Chansey is getting Maddie back on her feet. That's right. Is she currently seeking medical attention? Because that was a pretty hard hit she took. Yeah, Nurse Joy and Chansey are in charge of your guys' care. They may not specialize in human care but they are more than capable of treating all of your wounds. Uh, thank you very much for your patience and just for helping us. I <laughs> I feel like we've come here a little too much uh, in our time, so uh, sorry about that. Well, I'd be lying if I said I didn't appreciate the company. But her recovery is going to take a while, especially her arm. Uh, you, on the other hand, you are healthy enough to be discharged. I recommend you clear your head, going for a walk along the boardwalk or the beach. I think I saw some of your other friends over there, too. Perhaps you'd like to talk to them? Yeah. Yeah, I think I might actually go see them and try to clear my head a little bit. It's been a very, very long day. He's going to walk outside the Pokemon Center. So you head out and walk towards the beach. It is late morning, somewhere around that time. The fog is all gone. It's just a clear sky at this point. And at the beach, you see two people. Uh, One, you see... I actually don't think you met Captain Moody, did you? Yeah, no, I, I knew, I know nothing about Captain Moody except for, like, when he came and got us. Right, so you see the salty old man that you saw ride in on Lapras and bring you back to shore. And next to him, you see your daughter, Emily. Okay. Also, she's petting a huge-ass Gyarados. Why, so why is she petting a... Fishy! That's <laughs> a... Mm. And he, like, kind of picks up his pace and walks over, and he's like, uh... Hey, hey guys, um, that is, that is, Emily, is that your Gyarados? Oh, you mean Bessie? Yeah, she and I are besties now, aren't you, Bessie? <laughs> I thought you said her name was Bestie. You, you named her Be- Bess- Bessie, okay, all right, that's, yeah, you definitely are my daughter. Yeah, me and Bessie do everything together pretty much, you know, defeat gym leaders, leave towns in our wake, you know. Uh, are you saying you you left it in a wake as in they just know you very well or that you used the move Earthquake and in a very, very wrong spot at the wrong time? I mean, technically, I didn't say Earthquake, so, you know. Okay, gonna pretend I didn't hear that anyway. <laughs> and he turns over to Captain Moody. Ha! You see Captain Moody just burst into laughter. <laughs> mm, you were in on it! Of course a- I was in on it. Mm. Ah, that's a good one. Ah, but uh, seriously, give her back. And Emily reaches into her coat and pulls out the netball that usually contains Bessie and hands it back to Captain Moody. Ah, yeah, good old classic fisherman goof right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hilarious. Ha, ha, ha. Hmm. Anyway, I just want to come by and say thank you for rescuing me and my friends. We were in quite a quite a pickle there. I thought you were. But then again, so was I, so we're both welcome. Question, what were you doing at, the, at that... Rally, did you get captured, or were you just happened to be in the neighborhood or coast water area? Right, well, I usually patrol these waters every now and then, make sure that nature is at peace and all that jazz. And the cultists were there, so it wasn't. Got a few good hits in, but the vermin outnumbered me. Ended up locked in their brig, and, well, I was saved by a rather peculiar, friendly dust talks lady. <laughs> was the dust talks? Much bigger than a normal dust talk. Sort of had a really weird <laughs> voice, maybe a lisp to them. I assumed you were one of her friends when we picked you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's one of my good friends. She's um, she's something, all right. Aww. That girl is quite the spitfire, and her dust talks packs quite the right hook with that confusion. And I should know about hooks. Been thinking about getting one myself. He is not laughing at that. Mm, tough crowd, tough crowd. Just... All right, then, I won't bother you anymore. Pretty sure you and her have some catching up to do anyway. Yeah, uh, thank you, Captain. He takes his cap, gives you a nod, and he and Bessie head further down the coastline and see what they can fish up. He's going to make a great career out of that. 
So, uh, how are you? I'm doing good. Also, and she comes in for a good old hug. Aww. Uh, I missed it too. <laughs> Gross. <sighs> what, what, what have I missed? Um, it seems like you're, you're, you're growing up so fast. <laughs> you know, champ in the making stuff, traveling around, beating bad guys up, taking on the gyms, speaking of... And she pulls out her badge case. In it, you see four shiny badges. Three of them you recognize. One is the Sweet Tooth badge from Braybird. Another is the Grove badge from Russet Town. And the Moon badge from Meikun. The fourth badge you do not recognize, but it's in the shape of cattails, those reed plants. I recognize most of these, but this fourth one, where is that one from? Oh, that's a bog badge. It's uh, from Winnesap City. Oh, I don't think I've been there yet. What what was it like there? Uh, wet. Very wet. Uh, swampy. Uh, had a lot of good music there. Ooh, musical place. So wait, you've gotten your badge from the Melee Melee Motel? Rochambeau? Yeah, it's like the second one I got. Second? Where did you start off? What was your first gym? Uh, Reset Town? With Phoenix? I mean, I was already there. It was where Professor Maple flew me. Remember? Oh, that makes sense. Uh. Yeah, so started in Reset, went over to Maycoon, then I... I... Hold on, let me take a look at my map because the DM can't remember shit. That is fair. <laughs> okay, let's see. Yeah, so started in Russet, went to Meiku, then went back to Brayburg, uh, went down to Winnesap, and then caught a ride back over here. And yeah. Wow, seems like you've been on quite the adventure. I mean, it is what I'm here for. But, um, why are you still here? Uh. I mean, no offense, but I mean, I thought you would have went back to Hoenn with Bella and the others. Uh, uh, uh that's a... That's a bit of an interesting question. Well, I actually was on my way to hope to go back to Hoenn, um, but I ended up bumping into an individual that had stolen some Pokemon, and then I ended up meeting this very, very uh, interesting group of Pokemon trainers, and, well, I, I, I was going to go home, but uh, kind of got roped into... Helping them with their adventure. I, I, I okay. Dad. Uh, how do how, I can I can explain this better? Um, so there are these two girls, right? And do I have new sisters? No, yes. I, I've, I've, I don't think I've adopted uh, children yet, and I don't know if I would call them. I mean, you, you can if you want to. I, I just feel like. I mean, now I kind of do. Well, one's around your age, I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, sure. You have two new sisters. Nice. Maddie and Velma. Where uh, Maddie, fa- she's a fashion student. Uh, she's helping design stuff for Ginger and some of the other Pokemon. And and Velma is trying to become a a Pokemon trainer master. Uh, it's actually kind of confusing because we've just been going on uh, Pokemon journeys and going to gym battles. And I, I'm not a, I'm not a fighter. You know this. I'm not. Uh, I'm just a breeder. <laughs> and then I just I, I guess I just sort of. I, I guess I just sort of got used to being needed again, I guess. Oh. I, I mean, after you left the nest, I didn't really know what to do with myself. I, I felt as though my life had sort of stopped. I didn't know what was the next step. Um, and then I met Velma and Maddie, and I guess I thought I would just help them this one time, but then one time turned into another and then another, and then Maddie went off somewhere looking for mushrooms, and then Velma used her dust blaster, we broke into someone's house, a Porygon almost obliterated me, I now apparently have a best friend with, that's a Nurse Joy, she's very nice, we're probably gonna play cards later. Wait, 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 hold up, hold up. You broke into someone's house? Okay, to be fair, it's not breaking into someone's house if the door gets blasted off anyway. Continuing on. Dad, I didn't know you were cool. That's not, do not, do I say, do, do not, as I say, and lead by example. I mean, in my defense, you were at that rally too, so I think we're kind of both in it, you know? I, that's right, we were both at that rally, and he like, leans down at her with like that serious dad face and goes, Emily, why were you at that rally? Dad, I already told you. It's part of the whole Pokemon journey experience. It's like Red and Ethan and Brandon and all those guys. The young champ in the making goes around traveling, collecting badges, and kicking batty butt wherever she may find them. Uh, uh, mm, sweetheart, 
listen, I know you're wanting to be the very best like no one ever was, trademark. And <laughs> I, I feel like don't this is too, too much. Don't you think you should sort of leave that stuff to the uh, local authorities? I'm not saying you can't do as you please, but I, 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 I these organizations aren't a game. Dad, I know that. If anyone knows that, it's you and me. <sighs> and that is all the more reason it should be me kicking their butts. But, but what if something happens to you? What if, what if something happens and then I'm actually not there? This was a one in a million chance that we ended up in the same place. I worry enough as it is just knowing that you're off on an adventure by yourself and I, I, I can't be there for you. So, I, I mean, I can't let you be under my wing the entire time and I cannot control the choices you make, but I at least want you to know that I do worry. And I, I, I can't lose another family member in my life. I can't go through that again. She reaches over and tries to wrap her arms around you. Dad, I'm not her. I am never going to leave you. You know that, right? I know, sweetie, I know. Sorry, I just... Oh, this is... It's been a very, very, very long day. Well, not day, more like weeks. Yeah, Dad, it's only been one week. <laughs> and you want to know something? In that one week, I've gotten four badges. I'm already halfway there to being called champion. Uh, that's that's true. You, you, you are already there. I'm sorry. I, I guess I'm still getting used to a growing young lady who's making her own choices, and I, I could, I honestly couldn't be more proud of you. J- just, um, just promise me one thing, please. Okay. Don't, don't, don't let the world take my sunshine away from me. Okay. Okay, Dad. And he gives her a very, very long embracing of a hug, and yeah, it's very somber. And we'll just leave the two of you on that beach for just a little bit longer. Yep. Also, oh god, my little baby girl's growing up! That's <laughs> so sweet, so sad. Come on, man! Maddie. Yes. Question for you. Answer for you. I am looking for a place, a location from Maddie's past, somewhere she would feel at peace, safe. Maybe something sentimental, maybe something nostalgic. Okay. What is that location for Maddie? What place does she go back to that she feels safe? I would say because the the Calais region is based off of France, right? Poca France, yep. So I would say Probably in Maddie's hometown, there's a little park that she would go to with her sister um, growing up, and she would watch her sister train like some with some other local trainers and challenge them, and it's probably there in that region. Uh, Dry, what's the French word for park? Uh, that would be le parc. I feel like you're trying to make a fool of L-E, me L-E space P-A-R-C. C, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you know what? It's called le parc. Park. Oh my gosh. Park, park. Okay. You want a name? I can come up with a name. No, we're good. I came up with a name. It's oh, the park. Oh, you are. Park. Okay. <laughs> you take me for a coward. No, it's I mean, Le... I could come up with something. Okay. Well, until we come up with one, uh, we'll just leave it at La Park Park for now. Maddie, mm-hmm. you groggily and slowly wake up from your nap on the park bench. You can hear your sister's music player device next to you uh, playing some smooth, calming jazz. There's no one else in the park, but it's a sunny day, and it's all nice and quiet and peaceful. I myself am aware that this is probably 
a fever dream. But is this like one of those things where it's kind of vignette or is everything in pretty clear condition? So the last thing you remember, you were at the Crown of Shoals hideout. You were trading blows with Maxine. There is a burst of energy. Right. And the next thing you know, you are here. But to answer your question, yes, it is dreamlike in a way. A bit vignette And your surroundings are soft, vivid, painterly even. The colors, the softness of the world around you, it's like a, a nice, chic painting. A romanticized landscape. And is Celine next to me, did you say, or <clears throat> she's not in sight? Celine's music player is next to you? She is not. You are alone in this park. Nothing but the sun, the trees, and the gentle breeze. Okay, so Maddie looks around and she notices where she is, and... The last time Maddie was in this park, she didn't actually have any Pokemon of her own. It was before she got Bellini. So she actually hasn't visited this park since she was a bit younger, but it's really special to her. And she reaches down. She she realizes now that she has more than just Bellini. She has all of these Pokemon with her now, and she reaches down for her Pokeballs. And they are not there. It's just you. That's weird. Maddie looks at the music playing next to her, and she... Is there a button to try and, like, stop it from playing? Yeah, sure. You press the button on the music player, and with an empty, reverberant echo, the music just stops. And from the impact of you pressing down on that button, you see particles of light uh, float up into the air, like dust particles. Something about this... this feeling, it... it's familiar... Could it be like before? As you say that, you feel a gentle wind direct your attention to behind you. And as you turn around, the world is split in two. You are on the side where the park is. But just over there, on the other side of the world, that same dead wood from before in your other dream. Silhouettes of a burned-down forest made up of chalk lines, and standing over there is that same glowing entity made up of these scattered, broken lines of light. Ah, I thought so. It's nice to see you again. It tilts its head quizzically. I'm sorry I don't speak that, but I wish there was some other way that we could communicate. Um, do you have any ideas? Has no me. So yeah, again, you didn't catch what they said, but it seems they share a similar frustration to you in that they do not know how to communicate with you. So that's really the main question here. How do you, Maddie, attempt to communicate with this creature, knowing that you have a huge language barrier here? Well, my first initial thought was using that music player that was there. I don't know if that would have anything to do with anything, but maybe there's some sort of, like, through sound waves it can utilize that to communicate. Um, Otherwise, I would just say drawing on the ground. I mean, you could certainly try either one. Which one do you want to start with? I think... Drawing on the ground seems a little too first thought, so I want to go with the music player because I'm interested to see how it'll interact with it regardless. I have this thing. I I don't know if it's of any use, but it plays some nice sounds. You might like it. So the entity approaches but keeps its distance, interested in what you're doing, but still wary of you. Yeah, so I want to lower volume, not too loud, but I want to turn the music back on. Gently. It looks a bit surprised. Not in the sense that it doesn't understand what this is. Like, oh, what are these strange noises coming out of this box? Witchcraft. (laughs) No, it's not that. I think music is a universal enough construct that even this entity understands what music is. But it looks confused because the type of music playing is something that it probably has not experienced before. 
And it listens for a moment, trying to get their bearings. And then, although it has no mouth, you hear a multitude of layered voices, like polyphonic singing, try to join in with the song. It's a bit discordant, and it doesn't necessarily sound good when paired with this music, but you get the sense that it knows what you're trying to do, and it's trying to also put in the effort, pretty much. (laughs) That's sweet. Do you want to sing your song on your own? You can teach me. Maddie turns down the music slightly. Uh, Yeah, okay. Um, So the creature begins singing again. It's a very short melody. The words are completely foreign to you. The emotion of the song, though, the heart of it, it carries something very ancient and wistful to it. I can tell what you're feeling, but I don't know what you're saying. Maybe... Maddie looks around. Is there a stick somewhere, maybe? You know what? Whenever you need one, there is always going to be a stick right. in Le Park Park. But are they, like, are they tangible? Can I grab them? Yeah, you grab one. It shimmers a bit in your hand, but it is tangible enough in this dreamscape okay, so that you're in. Maddie draws a little swirly line in the dirt, kind of signifying, and she says, What about this? Why don't you try? And Maddie holds out the stick to the being. The entity gingerly takes the stick, and the the glowing pools of light that are the eyes, they stay in place, but the other lines around their body reform into a sort of a hand for grasping the stick. And they take the stick and drag it along the ground of the park, and in a gentle flurry of scratches and squiggles, Maddie, the stuff you see is... The closest analog would be ancient pictograms. Not like the chicken scratch unknown that you saw on the rally note. They are different than that. They're not unknown, but they're unknown to you. I gotta be real, I have no idea where to go from here. And I think the being shares that confusion with you. (laughs) Um, A bit deflated, it goes to hand the stick back to you and sees... Your right hand yeah, sure. is very much damaged. Well, yeah, I, I just hurt my hand just before this, actually, is I was using my powers. Is, is that what you want to know about? And Maddie holds out her, albeit broken, she, she holds her arm out with the broken hand. The glowing lines reform again into a hand, and it gingerly touches hands with you. And I think I need you to roll an insight plus channel. Now, for those listening at home, channel is a skill that humans usually do not have. That's usually reserved for Pokemon with their special attacks. However, Maddie is a hex maniac, so (laughs) she has access to that skill. You said insight plus channel? Yep, insight plus channel. Nice. So she rolled from a pool of three dice, and none of them were a success. Now, how do I want to play this out? Yeah, why do I always get bad rolls? No, no, don't worry. We're just starting out. Season two, still fresh, (laughs) having some fun. Don't worry. I was just about to cast some magic. Okay, so it tries to take your hand, and you can see it glow. And some of that glowing energy seeps over to your hands, and sinks into the fractures in your arm. And it is a bit painful. And that sudden surge of pain triggers a sort of a, a, a backlash on a spiritual kind level. Of whipping back, yeah. And suddenly, in a burst of energy, you both are thrown back away from each other. The being hurtling back towards the Deadwood side and you hurtling towards the park side. And as you are flying away, you are engulfed in darkness once more. Dang it. Foiled again by another roll. And you wake up. Uh, Where am I? You are on some sort of hospital bed, and judging by the chancy in front of you, you are in a Pokemon Center. Oh, well, that makes sense. She, like, grasps at her head. Uh, The chancy motions at you with her nubby little nubs to just (laughs) uh, remain calm, stay where you are. Which, where are we? 
Which town? Why aren't we on the island? Uh, she puts up a nub to, like, wait one moment, and she rushes out of the room. And some scurrying later, and Nurse Joy pokes her head into the room. Ah, Maddie, a good to see you awake. Ah. You can just take it easy right now. You are back in Maycoon Town. How are you feeling right now? Other than a splitting headache, not too bad. Just confused. Well, that's understandable. You have been through quite a lot. The only serious injury we can detect is uh, major fractures in your arm. So you want to keep that stabilized for a good while now while that recovers. Uh, now that you're awake, we can cast it up later, make sure it's in place. Uh, but for now, you just remain calm and take it easy, okay? Per her direction, she does kind of keep it steady, but she looks at her arm. I just want to inspect it. You try to rearrange yourself to inspect your arm a bit better. And as you move a bit, you sort of jostle your arm against the hospital bed. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of anticipate it to hurt. But for some reason, you're good. You don't feel any pain. Right. Things just keep getting weirder. Sorry, what was that? You said that my arm was fractured, right? Yes, that's right. Uh, when you were brought in, we took some scans, and you suffered some major fractures along the bone structure of your right arm, from locations ranging from your hand, down your forearm, and smaller sections of your upper arm. Well, either I'm in so much pain that my brain is literally rejecting it, or it's all better. I'm sorry, what? Um, that That's not really possible. Even with medical care, fractures like that take a long time to heal and recover from. So it may be that... I um, don't know what to tell you. I mean, look for yourself. Wait, Maddie, you really shouldn't move your... Oh. And Nurse Joy and Chansey just stare as you lift up your right arm. Seems fine. That's, um... What? Do we need to take another x-ray? Uh, yeah, let's, um, let's, um, um, let's, um, let's go over to the x-ray. Uh, you just lay down, I'm gonna wheel you over there. All right. She takes your hospital bed and <laughs> just, uh, wheels it over to the x-ray machine. She puts her arm in the little hole, the machines were around it, and then a few minutes later, well, um, this is, huh. Are you? Are you sure that those are my x-rays before? Oh, no, no, no. These are your x-rays from before. And she points to some x-rays of your arm, and it is fra- it, it looks like a broken-up jigsaw puzzle. Lines everywhere. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I probably should have asked before showing you those. They can be a bit gruesome at times. That's putting it lightly. And these are the ones we just took. And she brings up the fresh x-rays, and you can see some minor hairline fractures, little bits and dots in the bone. But for all intents and purposes, it's put back together again. Nearly fully healed. Well, it can't be so alarming if it's a good thing, right? Maddie, most bone fractures take about six to eight weeks to heal, and that's assuming you get proper medical treatment and don't cause any further strain to your arm. It's been less than a day. This is... this is a medical phenomenon. I mean, good for you and definitely good for me, but this is... This is very strange. I should probably take notes and report this in just to be safe. Well, I'm not I sure... I don't know if that's exactly a good idea. Oh? No, no, it's okay. I appreciate your enthusiasm, but, um... I don't really know what's happening. So, um, I just... Okay. Well, I can respect your right to privacy and doctor-patient confidentiality. We'll still need to run a few tests, just rudimentary stuff. Make sure that you are in good enough health to leave here and be discharged. Um, that being said, whatever is going on with your body's unusual regenerative abilities, in my professional experience, it does seem a bit out of the ordinary, even if you are uncomfortable with it being discussed outside of this room. At the very least, let me give you my Seager number. And if the condition of your arm worsens, or any other symptoms of this, this pops up, you give me a call, and I'll help you work through it. Does that sound fair? 
That would be great. Thank you. She pulls out a sea gear from her green jacket, holds it close to you, presses a button, and... Airdrops the deets. Yeah, pretty much. And and you now have the Nurse Joy from Maycoon Town's sea gear number added to your contacts. All right. And they finish the other tests with you. Great. So you seem to be healthy enough to be discharged properly. I was going to call your friend Chris once you were awake, but seeing that you can walk on your own two feet now... I think it'd be a nicer surprise if you go when and said hello yourself to them. Sure. Um, and maybe seeing some friends will help distract me from the splitting headache I have. <laughs> because my arm may be good, but... Oh, oh, headache still. Okay. Um, she reaches into her cabinet, pulls out a small travel-sized capsule filled with, uh, pills. These are some minor painkillers. Oh, thank you. Non-addictive. Uh, at the very same, keep it to a low dosage. One pill every six hours if it's just a small headache. No more than two pills for more severe headaches. All right. Thank you. As you pop the pills in your mouth, you feel something a bit fuzzy as your fingers brush against your lips. Hmm? On my hand? Like, on my skin? Yeah. Can I Can I make a perception check? Uh, sure. I guess that would be clever plus alert. Um, that's not fair. <laughs> another three dice rolled and another zero successes gained. <laughs> I need some answers here. Well, even if you didn't get any successes, that doesn't mean you don't see the obvious, yes, the surface yes. level stuff. And what you do see there, um, along on the top of your hand, it's almost imperceptible, but you can see like a very, very thin layer of, of peach fuzz, little, a little bit of hair. Right, is it is it actually on, like, in my skin, like, attached? Uh, yeah, it seems to be growing from your skin. Okay, so it's a part of my body. Yep. It's like, you know how, like, you shave your legs and it starts to grow back, but it's not growing back yet? It's just that very thin... No, I hear you, I hear you. ...peach fuzz? That That's what it's like. And it's just in that... Is it, is it the same color as my hair? Um, at this point, there's not enough there to actually tell. Okay. Well, I have questions. Uh, but yeah, past those surface-level facts, that's all you're getting out of that role. Um, should I, can I, I don't even think it's worth going back to Nurse Joy. She's not going to know anything. She's going to be like, it's body hair, chill out. <laughs> all right, then. So you leave the Pokemon Center. Season two, baby! We're back at Dinosaur Story. Welcome back to the pause, Manu K here. Thanks so much for tuning in to the season two premiere of PKM and Legacy. Hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. If you'd like to support the show, we got a Patreon for that. Get rewards like your name in the end credits of the YouTube releases, access to behind the scenes bonus tidbits, and even your name mentioned here verbally in the pause menu. Along with fine folks like Cami Cat, Cybernetic Pink Guy, Dongo the King, Donkey Odo, Mr. Someone, and Trace. So big thanks to our Patreon supporters, but if that's not an option for you, word of mouth, that goes a long way in helping the podcast. You can tweet about us using the hashtag PKMNLegacy, you can leave a good comment on our YouTube videos, or if you're listening to this as a podcast, leave a good review there. You do that, and just like we do for our Patreon supporters sometimes, we might use your name for one of our NPCs. Like we did for Captain Charlie Moody, named after Captain Moody on Patreon. And Camilla, the blue-haired lady at the very end of the season one finale, named after Cat on Patreon. Oh, I should also specify, when drawing our NPC names from our Patreon supporters, that includes both current and past patrons. Usually between recording an episode and releasing an episode, there's usually a several months long gap in between. So just limiting the NPCs we draw from Patreon supporters, it would be unsustainable to limit that to current supporters at the time of release. I thought it just might be important to bring up. Anyway, before I forget, special thank you to my good bud Gudia Serenade, one of the original playtesters, for reprising the role of Captain Levi. Thank you, Gudia. I think that's all I need to cover for this particular pause menu, so back to the episode. Unpause. Okay, I think at this point, Chris and Emily, Maddie and Thelma, you all just sort of meet up at the beach. Hi! Hey! Morning, sleepyhead! Yeah, sleepyhead is a light way of putting it. Ah. 
never thought you'd wake up, Gus. Seriously, you've been out more than a Snorlax. Ha, <laughs> 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 Wow, Chris, that was funny. Yeah, thanks. I've been working on it. Puts away his little notebook of dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, he actually has been working on that a lot. Yes, this is... Also, hi, I'm Emily. I'm your new sister. I was going to say, <laughs> you must be Emily. Uh, uh yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, more of a formal introduction. Maddie, Velma, this is my adorable daughter, Emily. Emily, these are your uh, n- n- new adopted <laughs> sisters, Velma Bonjour. and Maddie. Oh, so, oh. So this is the one you have the history report on. Oh, my God. Did he show you the scrapbook? The, you mean the textbook? <laughs> It's more like an encyclopedia. Dude, he has it color-coded and everything. She takes your hands in hers. I am so sorry you had to deal with it. <laughs> hey, it was sweet. Definitely cares about ya. That much for sure. Yeah, I know. Like, a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, I know. But at least you probably only had to see one volume. Wait. There's more than one? Shh, you're spoiling the surprise. There's Dad, more. Dad, if you brought the entire collection with you, I will take them and throw them into the ocean. Okay, to be fair, I'm coping with you being away for so long. I need something, okay? I hadn't even left when we packed, and you were spending, like, days on end trying to figure out how to fit everything into your backpack. Everything. It probably would have been much easier if you weren't lugging those around. Okay, lugging is the operative term here. I see it as I'm just old and brittle, and it actually wasn't that many things, really. Dad, it was mm, just the essentials, like scrapbook. Dad, they weigh a metric buttload, and you weren't even planning on staying here. This was supposed to be out there and back for you. Uh, I, <laughs> Maddie, so how was your sleep? How are you feeling? Everything's all fixed and, bro- and, and not broken anymore? Um, how did you know that? Yeah, how the hell would you know that? <laughs> okay, <you're right. laughs> Sorry. Had, no, had no, God... I'm the hex maniac. God, uh, mm. <laughs> Sorry, I heard, I heard your thoughts for like eight seconds. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's let's rewind a bit. <laughs> so, Maddie, how are you feeling? Um, not too bad. Nurse Joy gave me, um, you know, a couple painkillers. I had a bad headache. Um, my hand is all kind of healed up now, and I got Nurse Joy's number. So, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good, Good, but uh, I don't... Listen, it is her... She specified it is her personal private number. Okay, wait a minute now. I just... This is... This is oh, okay. my God, Dad. Are you a player now? No, 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 none of that. This is a strictly friendship only thing. Mm-hmm. Maddie, stop instigating this. Uh-huh, yeah, 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 totally, totally just that. Thelma, you're not helping! Listen, do you want a number or not? I... You didn't say no right away. Uh, uh, Give me your sea gear. I, I, Maddie I, just walks over and she, like, holds out her hand I for a sea like gear. I feel like I don't have a choice in this. I feel like I should. You don't. Say, don't. Don't encourage this. And now my sea gear's gone. Great. <laughs> I, I... There you go. Again, tiger. Thanks. Maddie and Velma, you're such great friends. Anytime. <sighs> he like stuffs the sea gear back into his pocket. You know, I was afraid he was going to go through a midlife crisis when I was gone, but this is so much better. <laughs> Isis is not a first off. He's not having a midlife crisis. He's having a life crisis. <laughs> not having a midlife crisis. I am only. Don't worry about that. Anyway, I'm not. Oh, please, you're 35. I just. That's right. Just going. You're 35? Emily, I feel as though that was information not meant for them. Dude, you need to chill out. Look, Look, I've been through a lot. I'm just, I've got, I may be 35, but I got the back problems of a 63-year-old, okay? Actually, that much Listen, is true. I will give you that. Is, I will give you that. After our little chat, I, I will agree that you definitely have not had the life of a 35-year-old. Life of a... What, what do you mean by that? Oh! Uh... I'm so sorry. Well, I didn't know. Does she not know? Do I know? No, do, do no, I know? it's... I mean, what do you... I've, Dad, what does she I'm, know? Uh, Dad, does she know? Maddie knows. Velma, I, I don't believe she knows. Oh, wait. I hadn't had a chance. No, 
No, what? I'm so sorry. I wasn't thinking. This headache of mine, it's just... No, it's... it's fine. I'm... I believe it is probably time to get it all out with everyone here. So, Emily, I... I have told Maddie, but in terms of telling Velma, I have not. So... Before Chris says anything else, he looks to Emily and he goes, You want me to trust you to go on these adventures? I hope you trust me enough to tell them everything. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. Uh, Go ahead. (sighs) Okay. Velma... The things I'm going to tell you may or may not change your perspective on me as a person. So I just want to forewarn you on the things you're about to hear. Is it any crazier than anything else it's done yet? Uh, probably pretty similar, so that's actually pretty frightening to say. (laughs) It's okay. I didn't think any less of you. She's not going to either. Besides, what's more and more crazy story? True. So, we've already done this song and dance before, so in lieu of doing the same exact monologue over again, out of character, just tell me what Chris is planning to tell Velma. What parts of the story? Basically, whenever myself and Anna used to run our Pokemon breeding area, uh, after her eventual leave... Chris uh, basically was taking care of the entire place by himself. And then that's when Team Magma popped in. That's whenever they stole Emily and took a lot of his his own breeded Pokemon. That's when he had to kind of be forced into Magma. That's when he had to do some of the horrific things he did. That's when he also tells a story about how he ended up getting Emily out of there and himself, almost pretty much perishing in the aftermath of it, but eventually recovered. And yeah, that's his whole song and dance. Okay, so wife's leaving, Emily's kidnapping, your time during Team Magma, and your departure when their organization pretty much collapsed. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yep. Okay, then Velma, that is what he tells you. Well, uh, well, Velma just kind of takes it all in. She just kind of watches the waves kind of roll in. <laughs> Well, uh, gosh, I, uh, that is, uh, a lot. She kind of turns back and looks back at Chris and she says, You know, we all got our skeletons in our closet, you know? Some of them are, uh, hard to bring up and it's never fun to revisit stuff like that. So, I appreciate you telling me. I really can't imagine how it must have been for you. So, thanks for telling me. Thanks for listening. I really do appreciate all of you. You guys really, uh, you really helped give me a new perspective on life and not to truly live in the past. So, thank you for that. Wait. Chris learning from me? Oh. It's more likely than you think. Don't encourage this. Wow. Really ruining the moment, Maddie. (laughs) It's just a joke. Lighten up. But, um, yeah. So that's mine and Emily's story. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised he told you. He's usually pretty cagey about our personal lives, at least that chapter of our lives. Kind of surprised he told you anything at all. No offense. It's okay, Emily. We're working on it. We're working on it. So, hey, our Pokemon are probably healed up by now. Uh, you want to go grab them and then I can introduce you to Camilla. You know, now that we're not in the middle of a cultist monster house. Uh, well, Velma, Maddie, if you have time. I'm down for it. I don't really remember much of who she is anyway, so I would love to be reintroduced properly? Don't you? It's really cool. Oh, I know, right? The coolest. Let's go.
So yeah, you get your Pokemon back, da-da-da-da-da, fully healed. And the four of you head over to the Lil Mele Mele Motel, where the command center is. And you can see that the blue-haired woman from before, Camilla, is finishing up a conversation with Captain Levi. They give a nod to each other. He goes back into the command center, and she turns around, and she sees Emily going, Hey! Hey, Camilla! Hi! You can see Camilla take a breath. Emily. Hello, I see you've brought some friends. Uh... Uh, hi, you must be this Camilla person my Emily keeps talking about, and Chris extends his hand towards Camilla. Yes, and you must be Chris. Uh, yes, uh, Christopher, but you can just call me Chris for short. Emily talks quite a lot about you. Oh, really? Wait, in, in terms of, in terms of what? In the sense that she cares very much about you. Okay, good. (laughs) Yes, she's, uh... Quite verbose on the subject. Yep, that's my daughter. Which means you must be Maddie. That's right. And Velma. Well, I know me. As she already stated, I am Camilla. A pleasure to meet you all. Enchanté. So, we know your name, but what exactly do you do? Well, I'm just a uh, concerned citizen. A trainer, just like you. And then Emily's next to you going, "Mm, No, she's not. But still... Concerned trainer? Just a Pokemon trainer? Or do you... Are you like a Pokemon ranger? You seem as such. Oh, no. No, that would be Captain Moody. I have nothing but respect for the Pokemon rangers, but no, I'm, n- I'm not affiliated with them. No, I, I'd i like to consider myself... Um, <sighs> Emily, please. And this whole time, Emily's sort of vibrating with excitement, <laughs> trying to hold it in. Like, hmm? Well, I guess it was nice while it lasted. All right, Emily, I suppose... She's the champion here! She's, she's, she's the what? What? <sighs> yes, I am Camilla Mogul, champion of the Appalachia region. Film is just looking sparkled-eyed is at this lady. She's like... <sighs> the, 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 like, 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 Pokemon League champ, like, champion, like, like, what, you're, like, you're basically, you're, in the, you're on the same level of what Steven and Wallace were for me and Hoenn? Like, like, same level? I mean, if you must, I prefer to be compared to Cynthia, but... <laughs> yes. What? You said the C word. You're comparing yourself to the C word. Why would you do that? Well, I am the C word. Got it. Her name is Camilla. Good. Now that we have that out of the way, what exactly were you doing at the Cult of Nuzlocke's rally? Captain Levi was kind enough to fill me in on some of the details, but... I'd like to hear it from you as well. Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, um, uh, <clears throat> how do I say we we didn't steal a boat to get to the rally to stop the rally? Would you believe uh, me if I said that it was literally all a mistake and a massive coincidence? I don't really believe in coincidences. Mistakes, though, yes. Well, then, whatever you want to call it, we didn't intend on going there. It just kind of happens. And this boat you stole? Is it tactically acquired? Um, we didn't acquired. steal it. It was just borrowing it. We technically were doing it to kind of save someone, That's you know? Certain. I know the owner of the boat. Let me stop you right there. Normally I would be concerned with those who tactically acquire other people's property within my region. However... Assuming the victim of this commandeering were to be, let's say, a rather obnoxious individual with a penchant for gold and mispronouncing words. Oh. Ah, so you are familiar with my enemy. Yes, I am acquainted with the Chad Wickington family, unfortunately. Uh, his better half, the butler, Briarwood, I think his name was. Yes. Emily and I passed him by on our way to their rally. He informed us of the situation and returned to shore to... Contact the rest of the authorities. Yes, that would be the one. Uh, so you know that this was not only a mistake, but it was a stroke of fate. Right, well, fate and commandeering vehicles aside, I'm to understand this was not your first encounter with the Cult of Nuzlocke. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Maple and Rochambeau already informed me of your previous encounters with the cult. We're on our, what, third meeting with the cult of Nuzlocke now? Third, yeah, fourth something meeting? Something like that. Yeah, technically. I mean, mm. did that, I mean, did the 
cave cow, kind of? Uh, Why I, do I, I keep running into those guys? I don't know. You know, know, technically speaking, it was a random occurrence for most of those times. I shouldn't have really, really never met them. Well, random or no, I am glad you three came out of that safely. Perhaps I should ask you, uh, what are your plans for the future? He stares at Maddie and Velma, kind of shrugs his shoulders. That's a loaded question. Is it? Well, and she kind of digs around in her bag and pulls out the beds. I mean, we already got like, what, three of them? They might as well keep going, you know? This is a typical journey. <laughs> you know, so that's about right. Three badges in one week. That is a rather breakneck pace. Remarkable, if not a bit reckless, but... Yeah, I got like four. <laughs> right. Well, taking on the rest of the Appalachian region's Pokemon League, that's always a strong course of action to take, and I look forward to seeing how you all progress. That being said, you've already encountered the Cult of Nuzlocke multiple times, and it's likely that you will again. So, what then? I, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think I have been sure for a while, but um, seems my priority lies with making sure these two, and he points to Maddie and Velma, are okay. Sort of like my duty of care, I suppose. I did have one question in particular, if you don't mind me asking. What else do you know about the cult of Nuzlocke? She readjusts her half-rimmed orange glasses and takes a breath. The cult of Nuzlocke has been a problem in the region ever since I was a little girl. At least that's when they emerged as a major threat to the security of the Appalachia region. To say they have a sadistic sense of nostalgia for the archaic would be a gentle understatement. In truth, they are... Cutthroats and criminals that have been causing acts of eco-terrorism throughout the region... Especially against Mogulcorp. Mogulcorp? Yes, it's a corporation here in the Appalachia region. Our headquarters, Mogul City, is just north of Cortland City, the northernmost point on your map. Yes, but do do you work with them? Yes, I do. We mostly focus on cybernetics, medical research, security, infrastructure. We started out as a mining company, but we've evolved past that. Uh, Nowadays, we work on making sure the people here are safe and sound and Comfortable in these ever-changing times. The cult, of course, takes offense to that. And their offensive has been continuing for decades now. They've really been around that long? Yes, they have. Well, why hasn't anyone stopped them? Believe me, we have tried our hardest to wipe out the threat they pose to this region. But you have to understand... The Cult of Nuzlocke is more than just a band of marauders. They hold close to a code, an ideal, and ideals are very hard to kill. We thought we had drove them to total disbandment, but now with their resurgence and the return of Oto... That Oto guy... What's his deal? Well, I believe you already know his deal. He is the master of the Cult of Nuzlocke. The leader of their organization. Has he always been? For as long as I can remember. Yes. Well, do we know anything about him? Where he's from? Anything? No record, no birth certificate, nothing about his past. All we know is this. He is the founder of the Cult of Nuzlocke. He doesn't use Pokemon, but he is incredibly powerful in his own right. And most dangerous of all, he believes in what he does. All of his followers are just simple thugs playing dress-up, but his devotion to his cause. He is the real threat here, and as long as he's in play, I'm afraid Appalachie will never be safe. And it seems that you three have made quite the first impression with him. And she looks at you three, but more so at Maddie. Me? Well, if anything, you made an impression on me! Yes, I'm aware. How is your neck, by the way? Wasn't very fun. Right. Whether you three actively 
seek out the cult of Nuzlocke or not now is beside the point. They know who you are. He knows who you are. Well then, it seems the only thing we can do is go after them. Go after him! Do you two feel the same? Yeah. It seems like we don't really have a choice in the matter now, do we? Not necessarily. And then Emily says, Oh, you always have a choice. I mean, you could just stick your head in the sand, but they'd still be out there. And what kind of champs in the makings would we be if we didn't go out and beat the baddies? That's what a hero does. Yes, honey, but sometimes hero work, you're, you're bound to make some sacrifices, and those sacrifices might be a lot more dire. He's right, Emily. Still, it's nice to know that you three are on my side. Right. I need to know what I'm working with here. In terms of what? In terms of you three. And she heads towards the beach. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, guess we're going oh, this way, okay. guys. Oh, okay. okay. At this point, the tide has gone out. Plenty of driftwood and coral and shells and other things left in its wake. Camilla walks to the edge, turns around. If we're going to work together, I'd like to test your abilities. See your strengths, your weaknesses, and we'll go from there. And she takes out a Pokeball and out pops Poppy Seed, her grizzled Empolia. So awesome! That is a very tall Pokemon. Right then. Chris... Velma, Maddie, Emily, you four against me. I don't even know if I could battle something so amazing. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I would like to engage in combat. What I... choice do we have if we want to beat Oto? Uh... Listen, we all face the Crystal Onyx, so I'm sure whatever comes next, I just go for it. Um, that, I've... Chris, I understand your hesitation, and I respect it. It takes a good man to know when to stay his hand. The cultists are not good men, and they do not care if you are. (sighs) You're right. And at the very least, it doesn't hurt to practice how to defend yourself properly. Okay. I can at least respect that enough to fight you. I wouldn't say it'd be wrong of me if I was curious to see how strong you were. I would just rather not use my own Pokemon. But you're the one who has Diamond! Yes, but you know how I feel about Pokemon fights. Right, but this is just a little practice, Chris. Maddie, have you ever seen a champion fight before? On TV, maybe. It's very different when you see it in person. I don't think I understand. Well, you're about to. And he turns back to Camilla and picks up one of his Pokeballs. I'm ready when you are. Thank you, Chris. And don't worry, I'll hold back a little bit. 